0: Welcome back to the right angle, G-Man and Mower here tonight, and we're just gonna get right into it, and G-Man is going to kick us off. <laughs> I'm sure
1: a lot of people that are interested in the news and what goes on in the world saw what happened in Nevada a couple of days ago with those protesters uh, putting their trailer across the road blocking traffic for the what was that concert the there was some concert going on uh that all these people were going to uh okay. I, I can't remember the name I, of it
0: all right Something with yeah fire. I must admit okay I saw it, the, it is. uh I saw a picture but I don't know anything about this so this will be good
1: yeah yeah so they have this what looked like literally looked like A trailer that somebody welded together. It was just a couple of long tubes and, you know, nothing really solid or substantial. And I think it looked like to me there were, might have been six protesters. They put this trailer across the road. It's in the middle of the desert. Uh, I'll think of the name in just a minute here uh, for this concert that all these people are going to, okay? They put this in the middle of the road. They're sitting there. One of the women chained themselves to it somehow, whatever she did, and they started blocking traffic. And the traffic, when the camera panned back, looked like it was about maybe, I won't exaggerate, I could see maybe three miles. Oh my gosh. Of traffic that they're just sitting there. Everyone is sitting there. And this is in the middle of the desert. Okay, it's just sand and scrub and everything flat, all around. No buildings, no nothing. And, and the Nevada sheriff or whoever it was in the police car came roaring down through there when he heard somebody called nine one one or something. He came roaring down there, and he and he ran right over the the thing oh. and and just smashed it to pieces. Turned his truck around, pointed it to the people with a smashed trailer all over the place, got out, pulled his gun and said, everybody, everybody down now. (laughs) And of course, there was one there was one woman who, of course, thought, you know, there's no big deal. We're protesters. We can do this. He threw he put her down on the ground, (laughs) put his knee in her back and he cuffed her. He said, you're going to jail for what you did there. And and I, I I hate to admit I cried a little bit when I saw that <laughs> because it was so beautiful. Oh man, what, what he did with that—he what what he was thinking? I'm thinking he was thinking is he said I'm tired of this crap. Yeah, we're not going to have any of this stuff starting in my jurisdiction and me having to to deal with it because I'm not going to deal with it very kindly, which he didn't. And there was a girl as soon as he did that on the side, one of the protesters. She had her hands halfway up, and she was crying. We're just protesters. We're just protesters. We, we didn't see the four or five miles of traffic. I'll say three <laughs> uh-huh. miles of traffic that we backed up by putting our trailer in the middle of the road by doing that. Now, here's a second thought that came to my head when I saw that after I got done wiping my tears <laughs> okay. of joy.
0: And this is, was, I just looked it up. It's the Burning Man. Burning Man. That's Festival. it. I know it had something
1: to do with fire. Yeah. So Now, I don't know what the Burning Man thing is, but it's not anything conservative. No. And it's not right wing. No. They were, they, had, they were protesting the Burning Man thing about something they did or said. I don't know what it was because there's so much inane information going out there. I, I don't listen to half of it. Okay. So anyway, I, I'm looking back at three, at least three miles of traffic backed up with nothing, like I say, just flat desert. What I would have loved to have done, if I was able to do it, was I would have loved to have pulled my SUV. I'd like to be about two and a half miles back. I'd pull my SUV out onto the side of the road, and I would drive up, knowing, knowing what happened, of course. I, you know, I, If it was an accident, okay, whatever. I'd, I'd drive up to the front of it, five cars from the roadblock, I would bang on their window. And I said, I would say, you stupid f- moron. Why don't you go around the block? Cade, like the sheriff did with his truck. Uh-huh. That's all you had to do is go, okay, you want to block the road? <clears throat> One car space and I'm gone. It was all flat. They could have just gone around it.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And,
1: and they're sitting there, looking back, looking at all the traffic. The first guy in line, I would have broken his window and said, you absolute moron, get it out of here now. And he, he's just sitting there. And then you hear about people, you know, you're worried about the election. Those people are what make me worried about the next presidential election. People that allow stuff like that to happen and don't do anything about it.
0: And they were, for the record, I don't know if you mentioned, I just looked it up, and they were, of course, climate activists.
1: They were climate activists. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I said climate protesters or whatever. It's beyond me. I don't think I've got a friend that's quite liberal, and I can't get through to her about anything. I sometimes say to myself, I'd like to have somebody sitting across from me on my desk and trying to convince me that there's something we can do about the climate. There's nothing on earth that humans can do to change climate. There is nothing. I don't care what you say. Zero. Did I talk about the eruption of Mount Penatubo?
0: Yeah, I think you did. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: That spewed more CO2 into the air than all of history's industry. All of history's. Jeez. In that one eruption. And did anything happen to the climate? No. The, the second a hurricane comes into Florida, okay, there's the climate. We got to have climate control. We, that way we won't have hurricanes anymore yeah you know, I know we, we had a tornado go through our area last week. yep, and you know it it has to do with the climate. You know, there's a tornado that came through because we did something to the climate. What did we do? What did we do? <laughs> I know. It's... gas Gas has never been cleaner and refined for our automobiles than ever in history you have refined gasoline you have you have catalytic converters let, let me explain something to people <laughs> about catalytic converters catalytic converters are so efficient on an automobile that you won't know when your car is burning oil anymore the 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 oil you might see when it's cooler out a faint little thing of mist when you started up or whatever. But it it captures all of that stuff now. Remember, remember when you're growing up and you saw, you know, some you know welfare recipient driving down the road with a dented up car and they were just it was like an Indian with a smoke signal, you know, just yeah, pouring out the yep. back end of it. That doesn't happen anymore with cars from nineteen eighty five on. Anyone with a catalytic converter. I took my Ferrari in and I said, hey, I, you know, I got my oil changed, and I don't have any oil in the oil pan to my real mechanic. And he goes, um, well, you can't tell whether you burn oil anymore. He says, fortunately, you brought it in, or it cost you about mm-hmm. $15,000. And um, he said, we'll put the oil in. he says, but that's, that's why you couldn't see anything anyway, because the catalytic converter takes care of all of that pollution that's in there. So ninety percent of the cars nowadays um pollute like I don't I don't know what it is minimal amount of CO two into the air or whatever else it is.
0: I, I guess a couple comments on those protesters, just like we've talked about before, that sort of protest or almost any sort of protest, I'd say ninety-nine percent of protests obviously do absolutely nothing. They're not they're not changing anyone's mind, I mean gluing yourself to whatever or putting up a roadblock or chaining yourself to something. If anything, it I'm sure has a negative effect. And so why not put that brain power to creating the next generation of whatever, gasoline powered engines, solar panels, we know wind is a loser, nuclear power, natural gas. Why not put your brain power to that and maybe have, maybe make a difference because you're certainly not going to doing that. And then number two, yeah, imagine a world where you wake up tomorrow and there's no more gas powered vehicles. So from a practical standpoint, of course, it would never happen. But if it did, what would be the alternative? 100% electric powered And then even so, how and when are you going to measure some sort of a climate advantage that you've created by doing that?
1: Bingo. That in itself would take years and years to find out what it would take. Now, you can't wake up. First of all, you say put their brain power to to figuring out something else. They don't have any brains.
0: That's true. They're,
1: They're all ignorant, stupid people that do that kind of stuff. So they they just do it probably to get on the news.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe like maybe because they are so dumb they realize that is all they can do not knowing that it has an adverse effect. So yeah, that's true.
1: I I talked with my um <laughs> my very good liberal friend about the climate and as I had said before there was a picture taken from space of the polar ice cap, and it had grown several hundred thousand acres in, I don't know how long it was. But it's grown. It hasn't shrunk. It's grown. And she immediately said, well, those can be fudged. Those, those, those that, things aren't real. Those photos aren't real. They can do anything but, they want with that. They can make it look like there's ice all over the world if they want to.
0: And but if it shrinks, it is real. Right,
1: right. If it shrinks, it's real. I showed her a shoreline on the East Coast that was taken in 1919. It was a lighthouse, and they took it in 2022, and it was exactly the same level of sea water as it was 100 years ago. Well, I same thing. They can do that to that too. So. I am saying what do you want to do? How, how do you want me to prove it? Do you want me to drive you out to the west coast or east coast and we'll look at that lighthouse and see where the water is between 1919 and now? Do I have to do that for you? It's it, 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 nothing is nothing is right with them. Nothing nothing is good. Nothing the catalytic converters that that doesn't do anything to them the the refined gas do you remember when you were like in high school and you were pumping gas you could really really smell the gasoline you were putting in your car yeah yeah i mean i mean it was it was quite pungent you can you can you can still smell it of course it's gas but it's nothing nothing like what it used to be because it is so refined 80 percent of the pumps And gas stations now have that rubber cover over the middle of it so that when you're putting the gas in, it doesn't do what they think it was doing when you were putting it in before. Yep. They're taking all these measures to make sure that things are getting better with with automobiles, and yet they keep hammering on the uh, green old deal. One other thing. All right. My child was driving through our highly liberal campus yesterday, and she saw a SUV from that police department at that okay. campus. Yep. And she came home and said, I thought I saw a Jaguar on the back of the SUV. And for how lunatical that's my word, Okay. That 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 I think people are nowadays, I called up my buddy that works at that yeah. place. I said, "Dude, you p- please tell me you guys aren't using Jaguar uh police cars now." He goes, "No, no, it was a Mustang. An electric Mustang." Oh. I said, I said, "You're kidding, of course." He goes, "No." He says we have 4 of them. He says they are totally unfunctionable for what we need to do for how we work with our cars going around campus and stuff. We have 4 of them and they're used by undercover people to go check on buildings and stuff for, you know, or or whatever they do. Right. That's what they use them for. By the way, we have 4 chargers. I go I go, yeah, but that's no big deal. I said that's like that's like 20 grand. He goes, oh, no, no, no. He says, we have to have the top of the line stuff because we're the police department. That was $250,000 for four charging stations.
0: So about $62,500 each. Each. And who, each. Is that? Is that like student tuition or is that tax money? or That's tax money. It's coming
1: from you. And me—that's going to the university and their their police department to do that kind of stuff. It's the same thing as that other university I was talking about that had the buses. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally had you know didn't work out at all, hundred percent. But they keep trying to push it down our throats i was just gonna say one more thing. I, I th- when he said how much that was for the charging stations, I thought to myself, why didn't they just do something like they go, hey, let's get let's get uh, five kids and give them free tuition for four years at this college. Well, okay, two kids, yeah, free tuition for four years at this college instead of doing something stupid like that.
0: On the same topic, during that recent. Uh storm when we had some power outages here and there i know you were out for a while we were out for a while that's hence the right angle getting delayed uh being put up but i was i was picturing seeing a tesla going down the road with its trunk open with a gas generator in the back plugged into the
1: (laughs) that would be a good one for a meme for something like that you know and then the guy's got both of his fingers crossed, going, "Oh, please, right. <laughs> please, where's the next gas station? I gotta have more gas for that."
0: Like we talked about, I'm sure several times, but I know a few weeks ago that the leftists, especially—I mean, liberals are one thing, but but a true leftist, they can only talk in sound bites because that's as much sense. If you say more than a sentence about any given topic, it stops making sense. And hence, the longer you talk, the long form podcast like we have, so many other conservatives or libertarians have, the more you talk things through, the more you can understand why their rhetoric is just that. It just holds no water at all. And I think, I mean, you can tell by the popularity of Joe Rogan, who isn't a conservative by any means, but he still calls BS when he sees it and with his big audience as he has, you would hope that between him and and the more conservative people that it will make a marked change in the way people think about that—that that they don't have to be fed everything in thirty-second and 10-second sound bites.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep. Let it,
0: us hope. Yeah.
1: <laughs> as I as I've probably said a couple of times, I I'm trying to get up enough gumption to get my my liberal friend on to the podcast, and yeah, I. I, I, I don't know if I can do it. It's it's like you. It's just like what you say. They yeah. start talking, and then you know you're looking for spiders on the ceiling to kill. You know until they're done talking, so <laughs> that you right. can you, you, you can try to talk real sense into them. But it's it's
0: yeah.
1: stunning sometimes how stupid people are, how really stupid people are. like those people that were sitting in front of a stupid little dinky roadblock in the middle of the desert and and cars piling up and up and up and up behind him it's I, I, I if i were in the front of the line and after about i'd say maybe 6 minutes i'd go hmm i got to make it to this concert and i'm not going to make it if i don't so i'll just drive around yeah i'll flip them off as i drive around and uh and then i'll be on my way once you do that i i would think everybody else would say hey see you later you know
0: I was watching uh, Candace Owens just today and I know she's not the only one talking about it. Although I, I don't know that I'd seen this clip. She played from, I think, 2007 or 2008 and the topic was Barry Obama's gayness and this guy was telling about when he went to Chicago and he was, he was a gay guy and he went to Chicago and he asked if he could find someone to like show him around town and socialize with him and so they brought then-Senator... Obama, Obama, and (laughs) he proceeded to tell how Obama smoked crack cocaine with him and the guy did some illegal uh, sexual things to him. And I mean, it was right there in black and white or audio and video for everyone to hear and see. And obviously the rumors have been going around a long time and they seem to be getting more persistent and well-known. But my question to the G-man is, What percentage of America right now do you think has never even heard the rumors about his sexuality?
1: 98%.
0: Oh, man. I was hoping you'd say more like 60 or 65. No,
1: I'd say 90. 90. I I have heard it myself, and I do know that it's true because he married a man.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's... And uh,
0: apparently, I mean, Secret Service... Just like, you know, with, with Bill Clinton hustling and in the interns and all that, they were saying they would let young men into the White House all the time when Obama was in office. So uh, it's just, he's just a king. He's literally like almost a, a a mythical god to so many people and probably more white people than black people.
1: Possibly. I, I don't know. Sad sad commentary for that as far as that goes. He, never, he actually destroyed the medical system while he was in, in office. I don't know anybody that liked that, unless you were on welfare to begin with. No working people enjoyed having to do what they had to do to get around all of his crap. And, uh, and, and a lot of people think it was the greatest thing on earth. Again, I'd like to have somebody across from me saying, what part of that was great to you? And, and it would be somebody that was a working person, not somebody that gets freebies all the time. And, and I would be curious to see what they would have to say as, as how, how wonderful that really was. It, it took a lot of work to dismantle it. It really did for yep. something that harmed as many people as it did with that. But it's just another, another toe in the water for the dummy craps to see how far they can push things to make things socialized which is what that was, socialized medicine.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was just thinking, we, we haven't, of course, it's kind of, it's not ancient history, but it's been around long enough to sort of sink in and not have that many people talk about it. But, I mean, it was a horrible program. And, and the idea that you have the right to health care is something that's kind of offensive to me. But I would say well over half of the people think that for some reason you have a right for someone to pay for your health care. And do you know how long employers, like big employers, medium-sized employers, have been basically paying for health care? Because you know for sure, sort of like school choice, if everyone had to get their own health care, just like if you could take your $8,000 and put your child in any school that you wanted, it just is another one of those things. The farther the expense gets away from you and you kind of forget about it, the more likely it is to be abused and inflated. I mean, how long ago was it that employers started paying people's health care, quote, paying people's health care? Do you I know?
1: Have, no, I do not know. I do not know. I don't know how they pay. Well, I, I don't know when it probably, it probably started when the health care – bills started getting out of control. Uh, I, can, I can only imagine like your father and my father when they were working, if you if you had to go get something stitched up or a, a shot for something or whatever, you would go in. it would be a normal thing, oh hi, how are you doing Mr. so- and so? yeah, let's take care of that right now. Now. Now because of the way the medical system is run, you got to jump through eight hoops. To go in and, and, you know, get your get yourself fixed up from whatever it is that you need to have fixed up.
0: And you know, it it becomes just so much more expensive because of the insurance and because of like you said, all the hoops and the regulations. I, I was just thinking and I, I guess I'll have to research this, but you think back to like Henry Ford and and the big pioneers, the big industrialists. I know they didn't have health care back then health care plans and i I can't imagine they even had it in the fifties and sixties, so I don't know if it was a a government thing or what i guess i should I guess I should study up on that because it's just inflated it so so much, and now they're starting to do the same thing with like pets and pet insurance, which you know is just gonna make prices go crazy there too.
1: It's funny you should mention that because my my uh, partner in crime that I, I work with has a labrador, 8-year-old labrador, and he had a he had a a growth on his mouth and he took it in thinking it was cancer and 4 or 5 days later they found out it was just an infection, thank god. And then and he had that all fixed. They told him that if he had to go he asked him. He said, "What's it going to cost me?" because he didn't know whether it was that, an infection or cancer. And they said, it'll probably, with something like this, from what we have seen, probably ten to $15,000 mm. to treat the dog. And he said, okay, um, how long will he live and what will his quality of life be after he's had this chemo and all this stuff? And they said, you probably get maybe eight months and oh my gosh. we we can't we can't ensure anything about its quality of life once mm. we're done with that stuff so he immediately said well it's a, if it's cancer we're you know you know it's all over but uh, I, I can't afford to do that kind of stuff hence what you're talking about the the price of things that have just gone out of control
0: especially with animals uh, when you say, like in that instance, some people w- would say, oh, well, you can't, cut, you can't put a price on something like that. Well, obviously you can and you should. And of course, when you go cross over to humans and you say it's going to cost a million dollars to keep this person alive another year, certainly if someone has got a million dollars in the bank and they want their whoever to live another year, that's fine, but to have insurance pay for it, Seems to be a whole nother ball of wax.
1: Exactly, it's just it's out of control. Uh, the 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 medical field and how they do things. Maybe some of it is. I, I would say I don't know. A, a large portion of it is due to uh, legalities. You know, every little thing. You go into a hospital. If if uh, you trip on something and you fall down, you sue them. They immediately settle out of court. You know, Oh, okay, you got a bump on your knee. Ah, that's 50 grand. Okay, I'll take it. And then guess who pays for it? You know, that insurance company is connected to both you and me when we go to pay for our cars, our homes, and anything else that we insure. Like you say, the further away you get from thinking about what the stuff costs, the the less you think about it.
0: Well, let's uh move on to another topic. Here's a question, a couple questions. Let me see here. Have you ever do you run into many people I was at a conference of of quote educators mostly. And I noticed, and maybe I'd noticed this before, maybe not, that some people talk more about their education than their job.
1: <laughs> uh
0: and what does that tell you about people or that person?
1: They're shallow, very yes. shallow immediately. That's the first thing I think. Second thing I think is you'll never get an invitation to a party of mine. Uh, <laughs> and the third thing is you probably have an ugly wife or a husband. <laughs> because nobody else would put up, no, no beautiful person would put up with that kind of crap. I, I, shallow immediately comes to my mind. I don't care where you got educated, except maybe I do. If you were educated at Berkeley or, um, what's another one that university of Michigan, those are super, super liberal places. Um, uh, UC Davis in California. I, I, I don't know how people even send their kids. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, yeah it's,
0: I, I uh at the same conference, and it's no knock against the conference in particular, but there's so many people that they get their undergrad and then they get their masters and then they get what comes next, a PhD, then a doctorate, then a, I mean, spending 12, 14, 16 years and they're just so excited about going back to school (laughs) and learning more so then they can do a study and write a thesis and solve the world's problems instead of just like those protesters going out and solving the problems. I mean, Elon Musk is a smart guy. I don't know how many degrees he has, but he's out solving the problems and the young entrepreneurs that drop out of college so they can go solve a problem instead of getting all this education so you can write a study and tell other people how to solve problems. Which you and don't lecture. ever do. Yeah. Usually, so. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, it's just... I don't know. I I don't know. I I've heard that. uh, Well, enrollment at our local university. Did you say something or did someone else tell me that they thought it was going to be up again? And I was surprised because I just maybe it just goes to show you that for so many high school seniors, it's just like either a status symbol or expected or frowned on. I thought some of that was sort of being chipped away and people felt better about going to trade schools and vocational schools or whatever.
1: I would hope that they're excited about getting something that's useful to society in a vocation of some sort or another. What, what do you, other than like engineering and medical and medicine, what, what is college good for? You you don't, you don't, I mean, Oh, I almost said it. I'm not going to say that on a podcast, but you you don't need an education if if you know you get through high school and you got Bs and Cs or whatever and, and and you want to go do something a mechanic or whatever go do it because because you'll start making money immediately you won't have that four year gap six year gap where you're spending money to get to the point where you can start making money and i don't see any sense in that unless you you have a type of follow or, or a type of thing you want to do that's as I say ta- does take some some
0: schooling to get through it. And then you think I was just thinking of of AI that we've talked about and the positions and the professions I would say generally that are going to be most affected or could be are ones that may require some sort of formal education, I mean, there's never gonna be an AI plumber, there's never gonna be an (laughs) AI mechanic, you know, all those, just those salt of the earth people, I mean, people that just do so many things that you literally could not have a non-human do, and you wouldn't want them to, and I mean, if you can make whatever thousand a year and be happy and not get into the rat race and not get $200,000 in debt... I don't see anything wrong with that at all.
1: Not at all. In my family of siblings, everyone that didn't go to college made more toward the end of their career than the people that went to college. So uh, being in the vocations that they were in, and it happens that way. Plus, it's great to be your own boss.
0: That is true. Very true. What do you think about, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Dennis Prager, it might have been Jordan Peterson said something to the effect of, people who want to pass hate speech legislation, hate speech.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yep. You know, what's, uh, what's the first uh, first rule of the Constitution? You know, freedom yeah. of speech. First Amendment. Yeah, you know, First Amendment, freedom of speech. That's what it oh. is.
0: Yeah, cuz didn't I don't know, did we determine didn't Michigan pass some sort of a hate speech thing about misgendering or something and that whole lava pit of falling into who makes the rules and who decides what's hate speech and it's just I I heard on uh, problematic women that conservative podcast they had a a young lady on who went to Harvard and she was literally in her, I think it was a graduate program in education and policy or something. She was one out of 124 people. She was the only conservative. Oh, my God. And she, and she said there were so many people, they were talking in a, in a group, and she said something about her boyfriend. And afterwards, one of the women pulled her aside and said, you really shouldn't say boyfriend. You should just say partner.
1: Huh. Partner to me means gay.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: I, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Somebody could misconstrue <laughs> that and think I'm a fag. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Is, is F one of the alphabet things? I'll say queer. They'll think I'm queer. I don't want that to happen, so I'm going to say girlfriend if I had one, or boyfriend like she has one. the 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 governor of the state you're talking about. I I don't know if she can do that. I I'm sure it's unconstitutional, but there's a fine of up to $10,000. If you say the wrong pronoun, uh, I I'm assuming what it is. It's a graduated thing where you go, I'm not, I'm not going to do this crap. I'm going to, and you know, you know where it's going to go. It's, it's in the universities. That's where it's at. Uh, You know, 80%, 80% of the time it's the universities, you know, and if you don't do the pronouns there and you say, I'm not, this is, this is BS. I'm not doing it. Then they'll say, all right, that's $500 fine. Next time it's, it's 2000 all the way up to 10 grand. Now, Now have somebody take you to court and say, they didn't call me, uh, she, instead of my name, uh, and we need to find them $10,000. I'm the judge, and I'd say, if you come in my courtroom one more time with anything <laughs> as senseless as this, I'm putting you in jail. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh. And then that will put yep. the word out to all the morons well, in the world.
0: I'm sort of like that cop in Nevada.
1: Yes, yes. It was so refreshing. And guess what? To, I saw that happen, and I said to myself, it's the breaking point. It's the breaking point of people saying enough is enough. We're not doing this anymore. We're not, we're not kowtowing to these morons anymore. It was so beautiful. You know, the one, the woman was just walking around like, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Bam, right on the ground. I'm cuffing (laughs) you. You're going to jail.
0: (laughs) I got to watch that. Oh yeah,
1: it is. It is so good. Put his knee right in her back. Oh, George Floyd. She may not be able to breathe. Well, I don't think she was full ninety percent full of fentanyl at the time, but right. Who knows? Maybe she was. Maybe she was.
0: Well, what else you got on your uh, hit list? There? Well,
1: you know, I was listening again. I don't know. I, I'm an idiot. I was listening to the news again, and they were talking about the uh, illegal immigrants going putting their kids in schools in you know, obviously New York and California and so on and so forth. And they were talking about how many teachers they had to hire for how many kids spoke different languages for, for being in the school system there. And then they were talking about the emergency room in the hospitals and how these people would come in with whatever was going on with their kids or them or whatever. And people not understanding them when they're in the emergency room. So I thought to myself, maybe that's why they had 17 languages on this Blue oh, Cross right. Blue Shield thing so that they could hire 17 teachers and 17 ER doctors that that could speak Tagalong or Chinese Mandarin or Hindi yeah. or Portuguese. French Creole, any of those. And I thought, okay, all right, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. Okay. So I
0: can, can Just you imagine? a matter of time.
1: Yeah. And, and can you imagine the quality of your kids' education is probably about 10% right now. Put in four, put, put in four more teachers that do different languages for the kids there. They're not going to learn anything. What are they gonna do? Say, okay, kids, um, you know, four and four is eight. Oh see we a couple I thought. Okay, we all sat now. Okay, now nine and nine is eighteen. <laughs> Twenty minutes later everybody gets eight and eight is or nine and nine is eighteen. That's what it's gonna be like. Yep. You come into the high, into the ER room, and they go, I'm oh, oh, oh. You go hey, I don't know what this guy's saying or this woman's saying. Anybody here speak this language that's from that island down below Cuba? Anybody? <laughs> because I don't know what they're doing. You know, I, They don't look hurt to me, but maybe they just want some food. I don't know.
0: In a way, it kind of lines up with that. The I think it was George... W Bush that had the who had the no child left behind as one of his big things which again unfortunately for him it's one of those that it sounds like such a good idea but what that means when no child is left behind that means that no gifted children get ahead cuz you've got to wait for the child to catch up with you it's it's sort of an equity thing which for a republican supposedly president was a bad policy. And I know it's failed because it does in a way, just what you were talking about. Everyone's got to make sure they get up to this and then we'll go. It's sort of like, I mean, when you're, when you're hiking and you've got to belay people up to where you are, and then you can move on. But if you've got a really good climber or a really good student and they've got to sit around and wait and wait and wait, what's the incentive for them to succeed and and really push themselves? Which
1: is the, thought as they go through life yep. you you have to be able to have that carrot in front of you to to proceed in life and to become efficient in what you do and productive and when you're sitting around waiting for people that may never even become productive you lose not them
0: it goes it sort of goes with another point i had there was a a left-wing uh, talk show and they were talking to a, a politician, but it could have been anyone. And the the lady who had been in the Air Force, I think, so she was all about service to your country, which is obviously a good thing. And But she was talking to this guy and she said, all you've ever done are start businesses. That's selfish. <laughs> I mean, what a... I don't know if she was ignorant or... I mean... <laughs> By that standard, is no one supposed to start a business because it makes you money, and by making you money, you're going to hire people, you're going to buy stuff, you're going to make the world go round? It's another one of those liberal things where you go, oh, well, that's right, it is selfish because you're the only one that gains anything from it. Well, no, not really.
1: So she was obviously... Um, a far leftist person. Yeah. Oh,
0: she thing. she was independent. She said, "Of oh course. yeah, she's independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. independent. Uh, independent of of any brains." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what the guy should have said. You're an independent. Yeah. Know. You know,
0: yeah. He was, independent of... he was trying to be. Yeah. And then they the same show I was watching part of a another one they had Larry Elder on and man he just has so many facts and figures at his fingertips that he was just. I mean, every time they'd bring up something, he would go, well, you know, back in 1964, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they go, well, we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about something else. And (laughs) anything they talked about, he had an answer for them, so they just had to keep moving on. And it was always, well, the system's rigged. It's the system. The man's keeping us down, which is, you know, a hippie thing back from the 60s. We're being repressed by the system.
1: Every hippie... Is an extreme in the sixties is now an extreme leftist uh, at the same age, because they don't want to do anything, they want to sit around, they want to smoke grass, they want to do what they want to do, and they're not going to conform to society, so you know, go find an island and go play with yourself. <laughs> it's sickening.
0: It's yeah, sickening. it is.: It is.
1: I don't know if you got one of these. I'd like to read this to you, if you wouldn't mind. All right. All right. This is from the Arbor Day Foundation. I got Ooh, this in the good. mail. It's a, and at the title, it's a 2023 tree survey. Okay. Okay. They're right. surveying trees. They're surveying okay. trees. Okay. And it says, it was directed to my wife, dear Miss G-Man, You may be wondering why what you think about trees is important. You being underlined. The answer is that trees are important. And our job at the Arbor Day Foundation is to make sure people in that state and across the country know that. But we can't change the way people think about trees until we know what they think about them now. Planting trees and supporting tree planting is positive, productive ways that we can each contribute to a better tomorrow. I got two more and I'll vomit. When the world looks bleak from where we sit, deadly heat waves, massive wildfires, destructive droughts, dangerous hurricanes. I've never seen one that wasn't, by the way. In yep. unprecedented flooding, each of us needs some promise of a better tomorrow. And that can oftentimes take the form of a tree.
0: There, there is something
1: magical about a newly planted tree. I'll try to get through this. The amount of hope that can be found in a new forest tree, one young street tree, is tremendous. It is a sign of new life and a promise for a brighter future. Now, I put down at the end of that, are we talking about trees or a cure for cancer?
0: <laughs> well, I will say the one thing I agree with is that they're not literally magic, but when you think of you know, putting an acorn or whatever into the ground and a tree eventually growing up over 50 years or 100 years, it is just unbelievable that nutrients and rain and whatever's in the soil can make a redwood or a sequoia or just any majestic. And on the other hand, what that tree is good for is to cut it down and do something with it.
1: Bingo. Bingo. Exactly. And what do we do yeah. nowadays? We yep. we plant, uh, I don't know, Weyerhaeuser uh, probably plants, they yep. say, say a thousand trees for every one they cut down. They do not. Yeah, they do. Because they got to have those trees growing so they can cut them down in 15 years so they can keep going with their business that's what they do same thing with farmers you know they grow yep. corn every year Warehouser grows trees they have to have them there so that they can harvest the trees i like that how you harvest the trees you don't cut them down yeah you harvest them and then you can make beautiful things out of them
0: I was thinking, do you think it's true that when a lumberjack in the old days and and they probably still do it when they cut down a tree and they yell out timber is that because at the moment a tree has fallen it becomes timber?
1: I would I would say that would be the logical explanation.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's it's almost like a joyous thing like I've I've put in all this hard work, we've grown it and now I've got my axe and I'm cutting it down and I've turned it into
1: timber. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here it comes. And then it's also saying, look out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're in the
1: woods and you're with a bunch of people cutting trees down. Yeah, exactly. Now, Nowadays, um, I have a friend who has an extensive firearm uh, collection. And he said that whenever there's a black walnut tree of a certain type uh, of firearms, I guess it's Smith & Wesson, I can say that. Uh, because okay. it's one of those, they'll come... They'll look at that tree, and, and they they will harvest that tree when it's ready right down into the roots of the tree to get every wow. single thing out of there to put into their gun grips and, and whatnot for for making their guns. So
0: nothing goes to waste. Just like uh, in Africa when we had Tizan on and talking about how the when they would kill the different animals and how the native people over there would use everything from the, obviously the meat to the skin, to the teeth, to everything like Eskimos using whale blubber and all that kind of stuff. So let it, let it happen. People don't sit in the middle of a road and protest it.
1: Exactly. You might get run over. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll certainly go to jail if it's in Nevada, at least.
0: (laughs) And speaking of people yelling things out, where does, Maybe I know this, but where does four come from in golf? Do you know? Four, no. F O R E. Yeah, when you hit a errant ball. I don't know You know, I've sh-
1: I've golfed forever and I don't know that. Because I'm such a great golfer, <laughs> yeah. I've never never had to yell it.
0: Do you and having said that in the real world, in in a typical nine holes? If you're playing on a populated course and there are other golfers, how often do you think you hear that either from your foursome or from someone else playing in a given round?
1: I can actually probably tell you that for this entire year, I think I heard it once. Really? So not very much? No, no. No that, did, no, that might be because of the courses I play, but longer, wider fairways or whatever. I don't know. But I've heard it I heard it once, and I remember that because I go, oh, my gosh, I haven't, I haven't heard that in a long time. I was playing on a golf course uh, one time in California in a certain spot, and somebody hit a golf ball over the hill knowing we were in front of him and was right down, knowing we were right where he hit the ball, and he didn't yell four. So what I tell everybody to do when that happens, and he almost hit me. That was the the part. Oh, wow. It went right between my legs, actually, to tell you the truth. Um, uh, What I did was I calmly went up to his ball, and I sent it flying off into the woods.
0: (laughs) He knew he had a
1: perfectly placed drive off of the tee down the middle of the fairway. Lost forever. (laughs) You don't yell for it when I'm in the fairway. You lose your ball.
0: <laughs> and so he was far enough behind that he, by the time he got up to where his ball would have been, you were nowhere to be right, seen, right. I assume. Yep,
1: I was up there putting. I, I was looking back. He's looking around here and there. It's, it's like, ah, you know, look about 150 yards into that woods where the poison oak is. I think you'll find it there.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That, that brings to mind, although it's, it's nothing really super similar to that, but when I was in uh, probably third grade or fourth grade, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, um, I was over at a friend's house, and I think it was probably in your neighborhood, not nearby where you live now, but a, a good friend over there, and we were in the backyard playing around, and we, he had a bow and arrow set. I mean, a real one, not like a suction cup one, and we were shooting targets or bullseyes or whatever. And then for some reason, and I don't know, I can't remember which one of us did it, but we we pointed it straight up in the air and f- shot it. And so, and then, you know, so of course we couldn't see it because it was probably 50 or 100 yards in the air or whatever, so we just sat down and I re- I sat down with my legs spread apart and it landed right between my legs.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like eight inches Jesus. from either thigh. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> that oh. was... Uh, I was you, you listening to I, the
0: Babylon I, beat. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I
1: ahead. You know what I... The first thing I thought when you said that was you walking home with that arrow through your thigh <laughs> oh. and your mom oh, seeing man. you with it. Oh. oh. Give me gosh. that arrow. I'm
0: falling out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'll cheat you now go run some dirt that. on it <laughs>
0: yeah uh. probably do better than anything else on the babylon b they asked the, uh, they asked the question of what was the stupidest thing you did in childhood and that immediately flashed to mind i don't know we've probably never talked about that but do you have something that stood out where either at the time it didn't seem that stupid but now looking back or at the time it did that you did either dangerous or whatever
1: i did i actually i did that same thing and i did it more than once i shot the arrow in, in the sky but but i ran after i shot it straight up okay. because i knew yeah. i would be far enough away when it landed that, that okay uh, my my uh my friend didn't though um he's he's in uh, a <laughs> magical cemetery there and nobody knew who hit him with it but no <laughs> No, I would run when I did it, and uh, yeah. that was very, very stupid. I, I did a lot of stupid things, but I won't. Uh, I won't diverge too many of them on this broadcast.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, maybe later. Maybe when you come yeah. up with
1: something else that you say, I remember this. I'll go. Oh yeah, I did the right. same thing. You know.
0: Oh it's... man, I forgot who was talking about this, and they were. They're actually one guy was like on the pro side, and the other was on the con side uh, about. I guess this is what they're called, direct brain interface, where you take some sort of a chip with a bunch of information on it and implant it into someone's brain so they don't have to learn. They just know it. When one, one guy was saying, yeah, it's just, it will be as, as simple as getting an inoculation. Like when you go into every grade of school, they'll give you the first grade implant and then you'll know all that stuff and you won't have to learn it.
1: Huh, I'd I'd like to uh, uh, kind of study the first person they put that in, <laughs> long to see what, yeah, yeah long term to see what happens. Actually, it, it apparently it sounds like it's instantaneous because the chip goes in there. What do you got to do? All you have to do is process right. it in your brain. I also want to yeah. talk to the brain surgeon that's going to put it in there and ask him how they're going to do that.
0: Yeah, this I mean this guy was literally saying, well. Once you know little Johnny and little Susie get it, then the parents of Billy and Cindy are going to say, "Well, I guess my kid needs to have that same thing too." And he was just talking about what a great revolution it it would be.
1: Wow! Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I don't think that will probably ever happen ever. Uh, I don't know how you'd hook it up to your brain first of all to uh, be able to to process a a, a microchip in there, but. It gives me the heebie-jeebies when when they, uh, they'll they put a uh, microchip in a kid in case they run away or something, and you can track them with that stuff. It's like, dude, you know, really? You know, put a fence up in your yard. <laughs> put a <laughs> lock on the gate. Then they won't go anywhere without you knowing where they're going.
0: Oh. Do you have many neighbors, I think I may have asked long ago, that have those invisible fences for their dogs? Do those work? No, nobody that I know has them. Really?
1: Uh, I do know people that have them, but not in my neighborhood. Uh, Yeah. There is one down on the main drag of my subdivision that you you have those little flags that say uh, dog in training. Yeah. It's dog in electrocution type of a thing. Yeah. He goes out to that thing and bam. You know, he stops right there. Just one that I know of. But you never okay. know because it's invisible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know if I ever told you my idea of, of building a big gaudy fence and then people are like, what are you doing? And you say, I have an invisible dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh. you, you have an invisible dog. I'm going to say I have a, I have a, uh, a roaming kid.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I have
1: spikes on top of the fence so they can't climb it, you know. <laughs> Barbed wire across it. Uh, One strand only. But,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, what, do you, what do you think about the concept? This is, again, totally random. G Man doesn't know what I'm going to ask. Um, of fitting a person to the job versus fitting a job to the person. Fitting
1: a person to the job is way easier than fitting the job to the person. Because what you're doing is you're taking the job and hoping the person understands it when you give it to him somewhat. And I and I, I don't know, I, I'm thinking like, you know, some sort of uh, trades or yeah, whatever. Yep. I would rather fit the person who knows what they're doing to the job than saying, uh, you know, okay, Mo. I'm going to have you build this house for me. Uh you've never used a hammer in your life, but go for it.
0: I was trying to think of because they they were having a reasonable debate on it and like on a sports team you have to fit the person to the job. You can't have 11 quarterbacks or 11 wide receivers. But on the other hand, if you have you know some sort of uh I don't know what industry it would be, and you do have someone who's very intelligent, very catches on quickly, but just can't do a certain job, that would you try to find a job that that person would fit into? Uh, Would you make a job just to hold on to the person, or would you just keep on looking?
1: If I owned the business, I would never take the job and try to fit it to the person, even if they were intelligent. It, okay. it just, it just it takes too long to get through the hoops and and things like that to get them acclimated to be able to do the job. I'd rather have the person come in and say, Hey, Mo, uh, I did 10 homes. I can do it yep. on time. Let me do it for you. That's it. All, it. all day long I would take the person okay. for the job.
0: Okay. And by the way, there aren't that many
1: smart people anymore in society yeah. in America So that, that can do that. There's a few, <laughs> but not many. So
0: Right. That is true. That is true. All right. Well, I think that's another hour of broadcast excellence, as our friend Rush used to say. And I know in the coming weeks, we may have some special shows, special guests, because we're both doing some exotic traveling. And But that's not to say that every week, you won't hear some more excellence. So with that, do you have any closing comments or should we wrap it up? Well,
1: I just want everyone to know that the gap between more and enough never closes.
0: Ooh, with that thought to ponder on, ponder on that all week and then come back next week and tell us what you think on the right angle.